Midday Live on SAFM, 104-107. Thanks, Utsila. We'll see you at the bottom of the hour. Six and a half minutes past uh, 12. Indeed, this is Midday Live, SAFM 104-107. Very interesting story and, uh, I guess, exciting times at uh, SAA. I see here, SAA sets sites uh, on uh, West Africa expansion, move to boost connectivity and help the, uh, to build Nigerian airline. That's very interesting. It would appear commander of uh, that airline, Captain uh, Monobi Sikalawe, is uh, firmly uh, in charge of uh, this uh, turnaround strategy there at uh, the SAA. And, uh, of course, uh, the fifth and prime suspect in the murder of two toddlers in Dipslot, northwest of Johannesburg, has briefly appeared at the uh, Pretoria Magistrates' Court. We'll hear about that when we talk to uh, Lila Machnes. We we'll welcome your SMSs uh, 34701, what's on your mind at uh, this hour, and of course uh, the weekend of uh, sporting activity, and the Curry Cup is going down to uh, the Western Cape there, so we'll be looking at uh, that uh, particular story come weekend. All right, our top story this hour, former National Youth Development Agency CEO Stephen Gubeni has won his uh, bid to have his dismissal overturned. The Labour Court has ruled that Ngubeni's dismissal was unlawful and uh, he should be reinstated. This after the youth agency fired Ngubeni earlier this month after finding him guilty on seven charges of financial misconduct. For more on this now, we're joined on the line by the former NYDACO Stephen Ngubeni's lawyer, Ronald Lamula, but also we must highlight that uh, we tried uh, to uh, get uh, the NYDA to state their side of the story, and uh, they refused to come on. All right, uh, Mr. Lamula, good afternoon to you. Uh, thank you very much, and to the listeners of SAFM. What does this mean now that uh, the Labour Court has ruled that Ngubeni must be reinstated? What is important is that uh, there have been misconceptions in the public domain that uh, Mr. Ngubeni was found guilty of financial misconduct, and that they said that he was never found guilty of any financial misconduct by any independent tribunal. And the court found that... Uh, what the board has done to to abruptly uh, terminate his contract is illegal and unlawful. He must be reinstated. So what it means is that Mr. Gobeni is the CEO of the NYDA and he must continue with his work. When if is the it? NYDA intends to do any other thing, is their decision or is their discretion. So you're saying he's the CEO of NYDA, so is he going back to the office now? Yes, uh, he's going back to work and to do his job. If the NYD still wants to pursue what they, they have initially alleged him of, it is their discretion to do so. But the court has reinstated him. Uh, remind us of uh, the allegations that were leveled against him. Uh, the allegations were tabulated in the manner that they said he is uh, alleged to have committed financial misconduct, dereliction of duty, and also issues of insubordination of the board. And uh, when they, the, when the board took a decision to to terminate the contract, uh, we were still running a disciplinary hearing, which was postponed the same day, which means indefinitely. So we were still awaiting the NYDA to come back and uh, continue with the hearing. But then we heard that the board has taken a decision to to terminate the the contract based on the information that they had, which we, they said came from the forensic investigators and we need to state upright that the forensic investigators themselves have never interviewed Mr. Ngobeni and uh, Mr. Ngobeni was also not given any opportunity to state his side of the story which is uh, a product of the constitution of this country that uh, the other side must be had. That is the cornerstone of our constitutional disposition. So any decision that must be taken 
the other party must be afforded an opportunity to terrify. Mm. And we are confident that uh, those those allegations uh, are unfounded, they are baseless, and Mr. Ngobeni has got the uh, evidence to disprove any allegation that is against him. But, uh, uh, Mr. Lamula, at this point, it's, it's important to highlight that uh, this is the Labour Court, and the Labour Court is looking at uh, uh, the, the procedure that was embarked upon in dismissing Mr. Ngobeni, but it doesn't prove anything whether uh, the charges that are levelled against him do stand or not. Yes, it's true, and that's why we have ordered, we have went to the court to say Mr. Ngobeni has cooperated with the whole uh, uh, proceeding of the disciplinary hearing, he has attended, in fact, he has even handed documents over which will show his side of the story. And he's ready to cooperate. He was cooperating from the onset. And he did not run away from any proceedings at the hearing. He is willing to disprove that the, all the allegations leveled against him are, uh, in fact, not true. And he is ready and confident that he, is, he can be able to do that. So when the NYDA board took a decision to terminate his contract, they denied him that opportunity. And mm. that's why the court said it is grossly unconstitutional in a democratic South Africa that such kind of a decision can be taken when a person was fully cooperating and willing to stay this side of the story. And uh, at a time when this decision was taken, at uh, the last day of the hearing, Mr. Gobin had lined up witnesses which were present at the hearing and they were ready to testify on his behalf. He was also ready to testify. So what the court has done was to vindicate him from the public mis- misconception that he was found guilty of any misconduct, which the court said he was not found guilty of any misconduct. And if the NYTA wants to to do any other, it's up to them to proceed with whatever decision that they may want to do. But the court has reinstated pending any other decision, which we don't know what might be the decision of the NYTA. Ronald Lamula, thank you very much. Uh, he represents uh, a former NYDA CEO, Stephen Gubeni, but uh, we hear now that uh, he has been reinstated, so he is uh, the CEO of uh, NYDA. Ronald Lamula, you'll remember him as uh, the uh, stand-in president of uh, the ANC Youth League that was uh, before uh, the task team uh, took over. It's uh, 12 minutes past 12. Also, we must uh, highlight that uh, we did try the NYDA and uh, they refused uh, to come on saying that uh, they will not be saying anything more than uh, what's uh, uh, on the statement and uh, just to highlight some of uh, the issues there in their statement the independent inquiry found that uh, Mr. Ngubeni was uh, presented with adequate opportunities to be heard on the allegations leveled against him and such opportunities were snubbed uh, writes uh, Siabonga Makata the NYTA communications it's a very short statement this one it was released on the 9th of October 2013 the fifth and prime suspect in the murder of two toddlers in Dupsluot, northwest of Johannesburg, has briefly appeared at the Pretoria Magistrates Court. He will appear again on Thursday with the four co-accused. The man, according to the charge sheet, strangled the two cousins uh, with his bare hands and uh, clothes, uh, clothes hanger uh, after he lo- uh, locked them up in a shack. For more on this now, we joined on the line by our reporter Lila Machnas, who's on the story for us. Lila, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Talk us through uh, the court uh, proceedings today. We're hearing some gruesome uh, uh, evidence coming out there as early as uh, this first appearance. Yes. Um, the man appeared very briefly in court. He indicated that he wanted a legal aid lawyer to represent him, and he was a legal aid lawyer in the courtroom. We already had consulted with him. So the magistrate literally just postponed the case until next Thursday 
when his case will be combined with that of the four co-accused. The man um, looks very frail. It's, it's very slender. And um, he had on a red T-shirt and blue jeans. And his head is shaven. We couldn't see what he looks like, if he looks like anything like the identical. Because he was basically whisked into the... Um, into the dock and then the police took him out again. Uh, the Minister of uh, Women, Children and People with Disabilities, Lilith Mingwana, she was there and she said afterwards that they are calling on the courts to not give him bail because if people like him are free to walk the streets of South Africa, the children of this country is not free. And she also called on the courts to give him the, the harshest sentence, sentence possible if he is found guilty. Mm. So indeed it was br- very brief, but what else can you tell us about uh, this appearance? Well, um, we, as you said, we got more information on his charge sheet than we got from the previous um, appearances of the other four accused charge sheet. In his charge sheet, it describes that he strangled the two little cousins with his bare hands and with a clothes hanger and that he's also accused of locking them up in his shack against their will. He's also facing two charges of rape, and um, we do not, we didn't hear anything about the alleged confession that he made to the police um, over the weekend or just before the weekend. So that will all come out in the trial once the trial that has been set. Mm. And uh, we saw the anger. Uh in in Dipslo this uh, this weekend this this past week uh, uh, from from the time this this incident happened right up to the weekend when the two were buried uh, did that uh, show in in court today were there any members of uh, of the Dipslo uh, community were there no there were there were a lot of media at the court but they were not members of the Dipslo community inside the court all protesting outside the court um, I suspect it might be because of the weather. They did say over the weekend that they are going to come to the court, you know, to show their support to the to the family and to make sure that this man is not released on bail. And um, we do not expect any of the accused to ask for bail this week. If they are going to ask for bail, they'll probably, you know, ask at a later court appearance. All right, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Lila Machnas, uh, our reporter who is uh, in uh, the Pretoria Magistrates Court. It's uh, 17 minutes past 12. Midday Live on SAFM, 104-107. Our top story this hour, NUM leadership in the Northwest says it is pleased with the police's report on uh, preliminary investigations into the murder of uh, the union's branch chairperson in Marikana. Looking at the markets this hour, gold is trading at $1,318.03 an ounce. Platinum at $1,441.35 an ounce. The rand is trading at 9 rand 83 cents against the U.S. dollar. It's at 15 rand 91 to the pound and at 13 rand 45 cents to the euro. Being born with retinal blindness is like being locked inside yourself, half seeing, half blind. But now there's a cure in sight, and the key is gene therapy. Soon, through this miracle of science, thousands of children will get the gift of sight. Join Retina South Africa in making their dream come true. SMS DREAM to 38267 and donate 10 Rand. Or go to www.acureinsight.org.za. Free SMSs do not apply and prices exclude VAT. The South African Weather Service has warned that uh, temperatures will drop significantly in many parts of uh, the country as uh, rainy conditions and uh, thunderstorms continue. Uh, Rainy weather has made the roads slippery, causing a number of accidents on roads. 
For more on this now, we're joined on the line by uh, the forecaster at the National Office of the South African Weather Service, uh, Christine Pili. Good afternoon to you, ma'am. Hi, uh, Ms. Pili. Hi. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good to have you on the line. Well, some will say it's wreaking havoc, but uh, some would say, well, it's a, it's a welcome relief, really, especially farmers. But let's start with uh, what is happening right now. What are you forecasting? What have we be see- been seeing over the weekend? What is it all about? Um, well, we're expecting for today quite widespread showers across the whole country. Um, the only part of the country that we're not expecting anything is the extreme western part. Um, we are looking at an 80% chance of spreading over Gauteng and over the eastern part of the country as well as over the eastern Cape, where we are also expecting for today some localized flooding as well as some heavy rain, which is expected for Mpumalanga and the northwestern part, uh, the northern parts of, of KwaZulu-Natal. Mm. And, and which parts of the country uh, is, is going to be uh, severely um, affected? Well, in terms of flooding, um, because we've experienced quite a bit of rain in these areas, we're expecting them to be the most um, sort of affected. That would be the low-lying areas of the Eastern Cape, where we're still expecting further flooding for today, um, as well as the southwestern parts of Limpopo, the eastern parts of the northwest province into Gauteng, as well as over in Pumalanga and into the northern parts of um, KwaZulu-Natal. And then, as I mentioned earlier, we are expecting that heavy rain to um, sort of um, exist over the Mpumalanga um, areas as well as the northern parts of um, KwaZulu-Natal. And uh, how, for how long is this uh, kind of uh, weather uh, going to persist? Well, we are seeing a good clearance coming through tomorrow. Um, this whole system that's causing all this rain is expected to move eastward. So our rain for tomorrow, we're expecting sort of more just isolated to scattered showers and thunder showers in the eastern parts and the northeastern parts of the country. Um, so that it is expected to clear for the rest of the country. However, we do have another system moving in uh, from Wednesday, Thursday um, onwards. So we're looking at some um, sort of increase in chances for rainfall again over the central parts sort of from Thursday into Friday and then into the weekend again. And what's causing this kind of weather condition? Well, today we're actually experiencing an upper trough. Um, it's an upper air system that is moving over the country. It's currently over the central interior, um, which is resulting in all the um, large amount of rain over our country at the moment, um, as well as the thunderstorms. All right, uh, we thank you very much, uh, Christina Pili there. She is uh, the forecaster at the National Office of the South African Weather Service. Let's stay with this story and uh, speak now to AgriSA's senior economist, Davi Mari. Uh, as, uh, although the heavy rains have uh, wreaked havoc on the roads across the country, the agricultural industry stands to benefit more from uh, the current uh, weather situation. To give us uh, this perspective, let's say good afternoon to uh, Davi. Uh, how are you doing? Good afternoon, Bongi. I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, am, am I correct? Am I reading the situation correct in that uh, the agricultural sector will benefit from uh, this wave of uh, uh, this uh, weather condition? Yes, definitely. For for some parts of the country, it will definitely benefit. Uh, as the, the, the forecast has said, uh, in Tumulanga especially, they had good, re- uh, good rains over the past weekend and so on. Uh, so if we have uh, in the coming days a couple of, of sunshine days, days, farmers will definitely have the opportunity to plant maize and so forth. Unfortunately, in the northwest province, uh, it didn't rain that much. Uh, so and, and that's also the province that's uh, already been uh, drought-stricken for the couple uh, the last couple of months and, and even longer. Uh, 
so, so that part of the country still need, need good rains um, uh, to, to, you know, to get back into production again. How much more rain is still needed for, for those farmers in those areas to get back into production? Well, well much more than, that, than the, uh, what we had this weekend. Uh, we must remember last year was also not a, a good season for them. They hadn't uh, had the, the normal rain that they can expect. Uh, so there's no, uh, you know, water in the ground for plants to, to grow. Uh, so there must be substantial rains, uh, and po- over a prolonged period, uh, for, for the, the groundwater to recover and for farmers to, pl- uh, to plant in those areas. Mm. You must also remember that in terms of grazing, it doesn't rain grass. So after a rain, uh, a good raining season or good raining, uh, days, uh, there's a couple of weeks that must pass before the grass is uh, is growing so that cattle and sheep can graze. But across the country, have the farmers been experiencing drought? Uh, not not across the country. Uh, the Northern Cape uh, was was especially affected also last year. Uh, certain parts of the Northern Cape, uh, Northwest, as I've mentioned, and then there were some pockets of droughts in in some of the Arab provinces, uh, in KwaZulu-Natal, for example. Uh, northern KZN, which now had, had some good rains. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's, not, it's mainly Northern Cape Northwest and, and some pockets in, in other provinces. And generally, those pockets then, are, are they going to contribute to the national production, uh, agricultural production, but also talking about uh, stock as well, stock production, uh, meat and so on? Yes, definitely. Uh, the problem of the Northwest, for example, is, is exactly that stock production or meat production from the felt, uh, as, as took a, a good uh, and especially from, from small scale farmers, uh, who doesn't have the means, uh, to, to feed their cattle. Uh, but in other provinces, uh, it will definitely, uh, you know, if, if we can have these type of rains throughout the season, uh, it will definitely help the production of, of uh, cereals and obviously uh, meat and so on. Thank you very much, Davi Marie, who is a AgriSA's senior economist. It's 25 minutes past 12. Businesses that employ ex-offenders in the state of New York in the USA are eligible for up to $2,400 in tax credits for each formerly incarcerated individual they hire. But is, this, uh, is South Africa also considering this approach? Well, Correctional Services Minister Spusison Devele was in the Sing Sing Correctional Facility in New York recently where such a program is being implemented. I caught up with him and looked at this particular issue, whether it is justified for the state to spend more money educating inmates and what is being done to reduce the inmate population here in South Africa. I started by asking him to tell us about the number of inmates in the country's correctional facilities. South Africa, yes, is number one uh, in terms of incarceration in Africa at uh, around 150,000 inmates that are inside plus 63,000 that are under what is called correctional supervision. Uh, of the 150,000 that are inside, 43,000 are awaiting trial inmates. It, it's a worrisome thing because uh, that is what uh, our capacity is just over, just under 120,000. Mm. But uh, if you, you then have got uh, an extra 43,000. And uh, we, we violate our own laws, our own constitution in the, in the, in the process. Fortunately, the Chief Justice uh, has, uh, 
Minister, let's talk about uh, electronic monitoring. A, a general understanding is that uh, you, you put uh, those uh, monitors on somebody who has served time and uh, they are out on parole or, or something, but uh, it's not the case. What happens with the tech? It's a very sophisticated uh, technology. On your ankle is like a watch. On your ankle, you can cover it with uh, socks. And uh, at every meter that you travel, we know that you are now walking. Uh, we can see you, you are walking, uh, we see that you are now in a vehicle that is traveling. The person knows at any time when he goes to the exclusion zone, like for instance a pedophile, you say you must not approach a school or anywhere where there are children. When he's going through that, this thing beeps and they warns us and then we, we only will talk to you. Turn back, turn back. You are going to the wrong place, turn back. Let's talk about the tax incentives for employing ex-offenders that uh, we're talking about here now in South Africa. How is that justified when so many people, law-abiding citizens, are not working, when uh, even the youth subsidy is not even going through, and yet we're talking about tax incentives for employing ex-offenders? Well, I just come from Spain. They actually put uh, tax incentives for, for employing offenders but they also bring work to prison. So these guys wake up in the morning to go and work, for instance, for a TV company to assemble TVs. And uh, the manufacturer comes to face these things. They know that uh, 2,000 units will have been finished from Monday to Friday, and they fetch them, quality control and everything else. So, so that, that, is, that is happening. And it's beginning to happen in South Africa as well. So when a person is then released, he has got a skill. Better for, for, for us, we say, it's better to learn to be self-employed so that you can actually employ yourself. And Minister, how do you justify your department spending so much educating criminals so that they come out with uh, all sorts of degrees and yet people, law-abiding citizens who are outside, are struggling to get education, let alone free education? Society is paying 9,000 rands per month for you, whereas it's paying uh, almost less than 1,000 rands for a school people that is going to school. Punishment is expensive. The point is, here is somebody who is sitting at state expense for five years. What do you do with him? Do you bring him back as a happy criminal, or you teach this person new skills to say, learn to take care of this body, this body of yours, go to Postback and see the products that they create there. We can furnish that SABC in a manner that will empty every office. Mm. We are furnishing schools, we are building schools from scratch, roofing them, tiling them, furnishing them, doing everything. So, so, so and at a much cheaper rate ourselves, they, they, those inmates get paid, but it's cheaper than uh, going out to, to the market. Esbusis Ndebele is the Minister of uh, Correctional Services. What do you make of this, uh, that uh, uh, industries, companies that uh, employ ex-offenders must get uh, tax credits, tax breaks, 
Uh, what do you make of that? Uh, we welcome SMS is 34701 is uh, the number to call. We, uh, it's to, to SMS to actually. We're also available on tweet at uh, SAFM Midday Live, uh, on email Midday Live at sabc.co.za or at least at Kualapi News. 12.30 right now. We say good afternoon to Sir Utsile Sako with the news headlines. Thanks, Wangi. In the headlines, the 29-year-old man implicated in the murder and rape of two deep-slurred toddlers has appeared in the Pretoria Magistrates' Court and the case has been postponed to Thursday. He will join four other men implicated in the murder of Yoneli Samali, who, is two, who was two, and her three-year-old cousin, Zandile. The Labour Court in Johannesburg has ordered that expelled former National Youth Development Agency CEO Stephen Gubeni be reinstated. The court has also ordered that the agency pay Gubeni's legal costs. And the Financial and Fiscal Commission says government's current delivery of houses is unsustainable. Details at 1 o'clock. Thanks, Cecilia. Let's go now to Shadow Twala in Cape Town and say hello, Shadow. What's coming up between 1 and 2 this Monday? Well, firstly, I'll tell you what came up on my phone, the fact that I'd won 350,000 rand. That's, just, that's how I started my week. Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't believe that. Only, only 350,000? Oh, <laughs> just, just, just reply to, the, to that email and uh, SMS and just say, go claim it yourself. I, I know, I know. <laughs> but a lot of people still fall for these things. Of course, it's, it's worrying. Yeah, no. But seriously, on otherwise today, we look at how creativity can keep your business relevant and competitive uh, with the founder of the AHA company. We reveal the truth about beauty with life coach and self-esteem expert Jackie O'Brien. Then finally, we talk to the editor of the newly launched Forbes Africa magazine, Forbes Woman Africa, actually, magazine, Karima Brown. That's the show. All right. It wouldn't be such a bad idea, though, to get that 350,000 red. For real. Listen, I wouldn't be sitting talking to you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank We're you. Looking forward to one and two this afternoon. Otherwise, SFM 104-107. The recovery plan aimed at uh, stabilizing Ludenberg's uh, Tabatre local municipality is starting to yield positive results. This is the view of acting municipal manager Dumelo Ratau. The municipality faces serious financial challenges and uh, the provincial government has instituted intervention measures, dispatching a team to beef up administration at the municipality. ESCOM has been threatening to cut power supply. Last week, we caught up with uh, the executive mayor of uh, Tabatreu municipality uh, in Lidenberg, uh, Michael Ngongwane, to find out more about uh, what the municipality is uh, doing. Let me just pause here and see if we're going to run this story. Oh, uh, we talk about the ANC in the northwest. Yes, indeed, we go and talk about the ANC in the northwest. We've got uh, Sintleng Lihihi on the line. The ANC in the Ngakamodiri Molema municipality, or rather district, is holding a regional conference today. For almost two months, the ANC has failed to convene regional elective conferences in two regions due to disputes lodged by some branches. The conference was planned for the weekend but could not take place due to issues of uh, factionalism in that uh, particular province. Sintan, good afternoon to you. Hi, Sintan, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. All right, let, let's talk first about just, just the background to this, really. The, the Nakamodiri Mulema uh, region was supposed to hold uh, this conference a while back. What has been holding them back? 
What's been holding back the regional conference in Nakamudi Rumulema is some factional battles between leadership within the province. We have one group uh, supporting Supramahuma Pilu and his candidate uh, for the secretary position being Mr. Bakota Lekwete. Uh, on the other hand, we've got the incumbent uh, secretary, Gordon Kehakile, also vying for the same position. So it has caused many problems in terms of actually getting these people together to sit down and decide on hosting this conference. Mm. But uh, is, is the conference uh, truly uh, underway right now? Uh, not quite. What we can confirm is that the registration process is undergoing right now in uh, the embassy hall in Mahikeng. We anticipate that following the registration of uh, party members, we will then be uh, seeing or viewing rather the conference today. What is this conference all about? This uh, conference from part of the uh, provincial general council, which is expected once all four of the provinces, regions uh, come together and have their conferences, then they will all come together with the pro- provincial general council, where uh, people will be elected to take the uh, secretary position, the deputy secretary position, and the treasurer position in mm. the province. And generally, the, the, the province is 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 troubled when it comes to the uh, the, the ANC. There, we, we we saw it in in, in Kauka, for instance. We, we're seeing it everywhere. So, what is the kind of mood that is permeating right now as delegates come together, as they register, as they prepare to to converse and talk about ANC issues? You're absolutely correct. The Northwest has been a scene for many battles between or within the ANC, rather. Uh, we've seen a lot of sectional divisions when we looked at Primangawung, where there were two parallel uh, uh, conferences held, where one was held in Hartebias and one was held in Mahikeng. At present, uh, with the registration process that we're overseeing, it seems that there's been no... Uh, confrontations or any signs of battles, but we'll never know until we see the conference take place. Thank you very much, our reporter in the Northwest. Just one SMS here. Well, there's plenty of them, but I'll read this one. The inmates must be deployed to peacekeeping forces or work in the mines, says Jack Masango here, as opposed to this question. Should the companies that employ ex-offenders be given tax breaks or tax incentives? What do you make of that? All right, so welcome your SMSs on 34701. I'll be reading the rest of your SMSs and your tweets shortly, but let's go back to Lebenberg now. The recovery plan aimed at stabilizing uh, Tabatrail local municipalities starting to yield positive results. You heard we caught up uh, with uh, uh, the executive mayor of uh, Tabatrail municipality in Lidenberg, Michael Ngongwane, to find out more about uh, the state of the municipality. Identifying that we had this administrative pro- problem at uh, the municipality, and then we went to the premier for the province, and then we went also this of Cogta, the Office of uh, Finances in the province, and also the Office of the District uh, District Executive in Tanzania. They all came together and uh, looked at what we said was a problem. Then they said, no, this is a big problem that needs special intervention. Mm. And therefore they dispatched a team uh, from all the 
is um, bodies that I've already mentioned to come to Sabacheu. Be- before before the assist. before that team was was dispatched, uh, you, you're saying that uh, they they realized that uh, the, the the problems there w- were big. What were the problems? The problem is finance. Uh, we we have a, a very serious financial problems here. We don't have funds to run the municipality. How so? Um, I think there has been uh, administrative problems. Uh, I mean, he, to run a municipality, there should be income. Mm. There should be expenditure. And these two areas need to be properly managed. And once these areas are not managed, you find that the expenditure is more than the income then obviously it will run into trouble. Where is the municipality supposed to get its income from? Okay, the, the, the municipality gets its, its income from rates and taxes and, you know, other all income uh, streams that are there in, in any municipality. And, and those uh, revenue streams are not uh, functional? Uh, no, they are functional, but not to the full capacity. And, and why is that? There are several factors that could uh, lead to that. It might be um, you don't have the correct staff. It might be the staff is um, not well trained. And, you know, it's all administrative. And how are you dealing with this situation going forward right now? We're hearing of uh, the uh, MIG, for instance, Municipal Infrastructure Grant being used to pay salaries. Uh, is the situation that dire right now? Yeah. The, why the team is here is specifically to come and address that. So they are looking at, you know, uh, number one, before the team uh, leaves this place, it, it must see to it that there is a CFO, um, the, the other officials, are well equipped and ready for the job, and uh, the, the financial, you know, they they are working on a recovery plan and a turnaround strategy to see that everything comes back to normal. And uh, for the situation to come back uh, to normal, it will also mean paying ESCOM the 146 million rand for electricity that you owing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because I mean they are they are looking at uh, the income. To, to is it well managed? Uh, don't we have losses somewhere there, like electricity losses and so forth? They are also looking at the expenditure. Is it well controlled and so forth? So once they, they, they've attended to that, they also look at whether we will we'll have enough uh, funds to be able to come and how much are we are we going to be able to pay ESCOM? What are your timelines? Uh, the team that is here uh, is, has been given a minimum of three months, but that does not limit them to, to, to remain with us for another three months or so, depending on the successes that they might have made. That's the executive mayor of uh, Tabatreo municipality in uh, Lidenberg, Michael Nongwane. Let's talk metals aviation now. Fastjet PLC, a company which is listed on the London uh, Stock Exchange and had uh, intended to buy liquidated one-time airlines, 
announced that it will start running its services uh, within South Africa next year. The low-cost airline says it will change the face of the aviation industry in the country and in Africa. The new Pan-African career started flights from uh, Dar es Salaam in Tanzania to Johannesburg, its first international route. CEO of the new airline, Ed Winter, says that the flight will launch a new era of uh, choice for passengers who have suffered inflated prices on flights between Africa's largest and fastest-growing cities. Amina Akram reports. Liquidated airliner one time was Fastjet's preferred option to launch in its services within South Africa, but it failed. The airline now says it will operate locally by next year, but it is yet to announce who they will partner with. Ed Winter is CEO of the airliner. Our intent is to create further Fastjet airlines, um, complying with all local ownership requirements and partnering with lo- local um, local investors. So we would see um, Fastjet South Africa, um, based in Johannesburg, has been um, a key move um, probably in the, in the next year. Um, Fastjet Kenya, and so forth. So creating a series of Fastjet airlines, um, which the consumer will look very much like one airline, but the quality of service will be identical. Fastjet says it will go ahead with its ambitious plans to launch a low-cost African airliner. They currently own 90% of Fastjet Tanzania. This is just for the African continent. Um, we, we, we don't intend flying outside the continent. Effectively, we want to be an African airline or a series of African airlines. There's a network, pan-African network of um, a low-cost airline called Fastjet, and that's, that's what we are. If we're in Kenya... Um, the, the regulatory requirements there are that um, you can't earn more than 49%. So we'll be looking for at least a 51% partner and so forth. Like every country has its own um, individual regulatory requirements. Aviation analyst Lyndon Burns and managing director of Plain Talking says FastJet entry into the continent will have a positive impact for business travel definitely proven fact that as you introduce more connectivity, so more flights, more operators, um, you don't just bring down the fares, um, but you're stimulating traffic, you're stimulating growth. People can then do business at times when it's more convenient. If we look at the continent, one of the things that really is favors air transport over anything else is the fact that we don't have a sophisticated and comprehensive land transport network. We don't have a fantastic road network beyond South Africa and in parts of Kenya. Winter says they are aware of the challenging environment in Africa, but maintain that they will continue with their plans. Winter says Africa remains the last frontier and demand for air travel is on the increase. But we've been flying now in Tanzania domestically since um, the end of November last year. Um, We've achieved punctuality of over 95%. So we've proven that you can actually operate reliably within African infrastructure. And, and we fly the Mwanza, which really is the sort of a challenging infrastructure in terms of um, lack of facilities. Yeah, fuel is a bit more expensive than Europe or anywhere else. Um, a lot of that's around taxation. The cost of flights that you see in Africa at the moment Generally, on a unit basis, so the cost per seat per kilometer is about four times to five times higher than you see in Europe. Now, fuel doesn't account for that. It's inefficiency and, um, quite honestly, gouging of, of, of prices. 
doubt that there's latent demand both in the regional African market as well as the South African domestic market. Unfortunately, growth in both of those segments is constrained uh, because access to those markets is regulated in Chicago Convention. Increasingly, governments are recognizing the immense value that air transport brings to economic growth. And uh, that is the uh, aviation analyst and managing director of uh, Plane Talking, Lyndon Burns, ending that report by Amina Akram. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. Let's give you your lunchtime market updates and uh, we welcome on the line Sudhir Singh of Sasfin Securities. Long time, Sudhir, how are you doing and how are the markets looking at the start of a new week? I'm doing good, Bongi. Um, just uh, global markets uh, have opened stronger this morning as the uh, sentiment continues to be lifted, and that's on the back of the U.S. government kicking the can further down the road. The government is now uh, funded until mid-January, and the debt ceiling raised until early February. Just looking uh, ahead to Wall Street later on this afternoon, U.S. stock futures are indicating a positive opening ahead of a flurry of earnings releases from the likes of McDonald's and Halliburton. On the local front, uh, the JSC has uh, followed its global peers higher this morning, with the Richmond being one of the more actively traded stocks, as investors expect to see further growth spurred by the emerging and developing markets, as well as the 12% compounded revenue growth, which is expected from the European luxury sector. Just taking a look at our local indices, we've got the gold index, which is uh, down 0,6%. Resource 10 index is up 0,6%. The industrial 25 index is up 0,6%. The financial index is currently flat. And overall, the market is up around 206 points, or half a percent, 44,896. Stocks on the move this Monday? On the upside, we've got uh, the likes of uh, Tiger Brands, which is up uh, just over 1% at uh, 296 rands and 10 cents. Richmond is up uh, also just over 1% at 100 rands and 50 cents. Mr. Price is up 1% at 148 rands and 50 cents. Woolworths is up almost 1% at 76 rands and 60 cents. And on the downside, we have uh, Kumbo, which is down just over 2% at 438 rands and 10 cents. Vodacom is down just over 1% at 113 rands and 90 cents. Clicks is also down just over 1% at 57 rands and 60 cents. And lastly, we have Aspen, which is down just over half a percent at 266 rands and 50 cents. And uh, your latest market indicators? Currently, we have gold, which is trading at uh, $1,315.20 an ounce. Platinum is at $1,439 an ounce. Brent crude is at $109.50 per barrel. And finally, we have the rand, which is trading at 9 rand 80 cents to the dollar, 15 rand 90 cents to the pound, and 13 rand 50 cents to the euro. That's it from me, Bongi. Thank you very much. Sudhir Singh is with uh, Sasfin Securities. If you're worried about your financial future, thinking about life insurance, saving for retirement, not sure about investing for you and your family, what about your children's education? To answer all your questions, join me, Brian Hirsch, Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock. On Saturday afternoons from 3 to 7 and Sunday afternoons from 4 to 6, keep up to date with all the latest sporting action. High scores from Formula 1 to tennis to international golf. Right here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Tevin Campbell, and right now you're listening to SAFM. South Africa's news and information leader. Midday Live on SAFM. 104 to 107.
All right, uh, let's uh, read uh, some of uh, your SMSs here. We're asking the question, uh, really, uh, should uh, South Africa introduce this system of uh, giving tax breaks to companies that uh, employ ex-offenders? Of course, uh, we read uh, that story earlier on about uh, the Minister of uh, Correctional Services, Busis Ndebele, traveling overseas and uh, seeing this happening, uh, businesses that employ ex-offenders in the state of uh, New York, for instance, in the U.S., are eligible for up to $2,400 in tax credits for each formerly incarcerated individual they hire. That system is beginning to start here, as you heard from the Minister, but let me just uh, read some of uh, the SMSs. We need to explore this uh, some more. Uh, this one from uh, Masalisa saying, that that doesn't make sense at all. There are a lot of qualified law-abiding citizens out there who must be prioritized. That is uh, sending a wrong message, says Masalisa there. And this one is unsigned. It says, Bongi Correctional Services Department is not only is, is only caring about uh, criminals and forgets about uh, the plight of uh, the working force. It is illogical. And uh, this one says, uh, well, Bebetua would like to say three cheers to Orlando Pirates who are in the final under deliberate trying times. Safa must do something about these conditions, says stay in Kwazulu uh, Natal. Jack Masango says the inmates must be deployed to peacekeeping forces or work in the mines. And uh, says uh, Jack Masango there. From uh, Brian Kumalo says, I was impressed by President Zuma and Comrade Senzo for opening a mall and railway station in Durban. It shows the ANC always puts people first, says uh, Brian Kumalo in Peter Marisbeck. And this one hoping that uh, the Deep Slot 5 would not be granted parole or be given legal assistance for how long should we in South Africa suffer for not protecting our borders, says Albert Magoro there. And John in Peter Marisburg says it seems that anyone who gets fired in this country for any reason has to be reinstated by order of the courts. I guess John is referring to former National Youth Development Agency CEO Stephen Gubeni, who has just won his bid to have his dismissal overturned. The Labour Court has ruled that Gubeni's dismissal was unlawful and he should be reinstated. This after the youth agency fired Gubeni earlier this month after finding him guilty on seven charges of financial misconduct. All right, we did speak to uh, Ronald Lamula, who is uh, Ngubeni's uh, lawyer there. You remember Ronald Lamula was the ANC acting uh, president there. And uh, we tried to get uh, the NYDA. They refused to come on, but uh, they referred us to the statement they issued on the 9th of October 2013, saying that uh, the National Youth Development Agency wishes to put on record that all legal and necessary processes in the disciplinary hearing of Mr. Ngubeni were followed to the latter and such a process was conducted through an independent inquiry. The independent inquiry found that Mr. Ngubeni was presented with adequate opportunities to be heard on the allegations leveled against him and such opportunities were snapped. The inquiry further stated that there is substance to the allegations leveled against Mr. Ngubeni. The misconduct is glaringly Obvious, and it is a, a considered opinion that uh, the board should find Mr. Ngubeni guilty of uh, the charges leveled against him, says uh, the statement, the NYDA statement that was issued by Siabonga Makada, NYDA Communications. It was issued.
issued on the 9th of uh, October. All right, uh, uh, tweets coming through from Makosong Mkalipi saying that uh, at Kuala B News, I'm totally opposed to such a move. It sends a message that uh, offenders are prioritized by firms while victims suffer uh, for the rest of uh, their lives. And this one from uh, Siegfried uh, Henning uh, at uh, Sig Renberg saying that can the public protector submit her Nkandla report to uh, the ANC president, please? All right, some of the tweets and uh, SMSs coming through, three four. And uh, tweets coming through at Kuala B News, at SAFM Midday Live, and uh, emails middaylive at sabc.co.za. Time now for Create with Michelle Constant.